parking lot. And if you would like to have a paper out there uh, in memory of a family member or just to give your family, uh, please contact us here at the church, uh, Sarah or Pastor Brian, myself, and we'll get you all taken care of. Um, If you could get us that, if you'd like to have one of those, Please get us your information by October the 2nd, so five days before, and uh, we'll be able to get that done, and um, we're looking just forward to hearing from you and getting one of those for your family. If you would stand and bring some of those around you, and we will begin worshiping together.
the age you stand, we worship you this morning, God. Thank you for never growing weary. Thank you for being there for us, being the mighty God, being the Prince of Peace. Will you come be our Prince of Peace this morning, Jesus? We worship you.
spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Shadow, you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. Light won't tear down. Coming after me. There's no shadow.
eyes closed. It's a continuation of this time of worship. With your own words, right from where you're seated or standing. Would you thank him for his love? and his mercy all that he's poured out into your life as the ushers come and, and join us up front as we prepare to continue our worship through our giving as well. We, uh, we want to we give our kids opportunity as well to participate in, in giving. So we, Mackenzie has created this jar here and it'll sit here every Sunday morning and during our offering times, our children are invited to come and bring their offerings into this jar and it will serve to support Children's Church and what's happening our kids ministry but Jesus we uh, we thank you for your provision that you have brought into our families and into our church family what we bring to you now we do so with thanksgiving we do so with joy Take what we have to offer you today, use it, bless it, multiply it, accomplish your kingdom purposes with it, build your church with it, we pray in Christ's name, amen.
I had 1 Samuel chapter 16 prepared for us today, but I, I'm sensing that that's not the direction we're supposed to go this morning. So we'll just trust the Holy Spirit as we walk through what I, what I think he has for us today. We, we sing about this amazing love that he has for us. And maybe there are times where we forget about the extent of that love. How wide, how far, how deep, how, you know, can we really fathom the love that God has for us? Scripture tells us that greater love has no one than this. That he who would lay down his life for us. We, we had a problem. We, we had a significant problem. You see, we humans had, had blown it, okay? When God created us, he said it was good. What he had accomplished in humanity was good. It, it, it was perfect. But not for very long. The enemy came and 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 deceived Adam and Eve. And in deceiving Adam and Eve, they they sinned and, and they brought sin into the world. And let's not throw them under that bus because had it not been them, it would have been someone else. In fact, it was a really short line from Adam and Eve eating, just disobeying God to the next generation committing murder, okay? So it was a real fast, slippery slope into the worst of the worst, okay? We were removed from the garden. Humanity was removed from this garden, this this garden that was created for us to have intimate relationship with our creator, with our father, with God. It, you know, they, they walked together in the garden. You know that old song. And he walked with me and talked with me. You know, some people say that that means that God's name is Andy. Andy walks with me. Andy talks with me. It's not quite the correct interpretation there. That walking together came to an end, an abrupt end. We were removed. We were kicked out. We didn't understand God's holiness. And 
our sin separated us from him in that regard. It, it didn't mean that he couldn't be in the presence of sin, so let's not take it to that extreme. God's presence, he's, he's everywhere all the time. But it did bring a breach in our ability to commune, our ability to walk with him, our ability to connect with him. The way he had created us to have with him. That was our problem. And it was a significant problem. And it was a problem that humanity was trying to work out for generation after generation after generation by the time Moses comes onto the scene and, and leads Israel out of, out of captivity in, in Egypt and, and the Lord brings them to the foot of Mount Sinai and, and, and presents a, a plan. He presents a plan on how humanity can try to work their way back into communion with him. But ultimately that plan was not going to work out for us as well. There was going to have to be a savior, a, a, a Messiah, one that was going to accomplish building that bridge between us and God. You see, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Our reality, our wage, what we earn was, was death. Physical death and spiritual death. Death between our connection, our communion, our relationship with God. That's what we had earned. The great thing, though, is that Though the wages of sin is death, that's really just a comma now. It's not a period there anymore. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus showed up on the scene. And he walked out life in perfection. All, all of sin had come through the one man, Adam. We, we find this in 1 Corinthians, this explanation. But this whole idea of redemption, salvation comes through the one man, Jesus. He, he walks out life in perfection the way that none of the rest of us could do. And he died. He died on the cross. The shedding of his innocent blood became atonement for humanity. The shedding of Jesus' innocent blood on that cross became our salvation. The way that we could be saved the way that we could be born again, the way that we could be redeemed. He, by him laying down his life on that cross, he himself became the bridge 
that bridge the gap between us and our Creator, us and our Heavenly Father. What's truly amazing is uh, his death was not the end of the story. It's just a comma, a semicolon. Because just three days later, he raises from the dead. Overcoming what we had earned and deserved. Overcoming that death, the sting of death. Overcoming um, our the result of our sinful actions, Jesus overcame that. In three days, he raises from the dead. Victory is his and then is transferred upon anyone who has chosen to believe in him. Anyone who has, who has determined in their heart and their mind that they are going to be followers of Jesus, they get to enter into that same victory. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Yesterday, our church family had a funeral service. A, a, it was a funeral service. But what's wonderful about believers in Jesus is we don't mourn death. We get to celebrate eternal life. We don't walk in defeat of death anymore. Instead, because of Jesus' blood shed on the cross, we, we have something to look forward to. There's something beyond this. There's an, there is an eternity that is, that is in front of us, a forever that is in front of us. And those of us that have believed on Jesus for salvation, who have accepted his, his gift, and it is a gift, I think there can be a lot of confusion about how we become saved. Just as, it, as we sang these words, it, we don't earn it and we don't deserve it. You cannot earn your way into heaven. Believe me when I say, you're not going to stand before God and the scales are going to be tipped one way or another, determining if the good that you did outweighed the bad. It, that is not... Jesus' plan of salvation. It is a gift. We'll soon be heading into holiday season. Christmas is just around the corner. And there will be gifts underneath a tree with your name on it. But those aren't yours until you accept them, until you take them into your hands and open them up and, and embrace that gift. They're just, uh, it's just a package under a tree with your name on it. 
until you say yes to receiving that, it's not yours. It's a perfect, a perfect picture for us in regards to how, how we come into this relationship with Jesus. It is a gift that is offered to each one of us, but until you choose to receive it, it's not yours. And there's nothing that you can do to earn it, or you certainly don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. But it, there came a point in my life where I realized how much I needed it. I was a sinner, and I needed a Savior. And I came to understand that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And I just said yes. I just, I just said yes to him. I, I simply admitted my need for him. My need for his forgiveness which meant that I had to repent. I had to ask for that forgiveness. And I needed him to come, become my savior and come and live in my life. And he did that. He was faithful to do that. that, that I realized in, at that moment that was why he died on a cross, so that I could move into that place of relationship with him. And it is the realization that we all have to come to. Some of us come to that realization at a young age, and some of us, we have to wrestle through life before we can really accept that and embrace that and realize that. Regardless of your age here today, that plan of salvation is being offered. I, I realize that most of us in here have already said yes to Jesus. You can point to a specific place in time where you, just like I did, came to that realization and you accepted him as your Lord and Savior. But there are some in here perhaps that have not. And as we're singing this morning, you're seeing words on a screen and, and you're, you're feeling something stirring in your heart and your mind, but you don't quite get it, maybe. And it's, and it's because you haven't engaged Jesus as Savior yet. But here we are in this moment. And I believe that you have heard a very clear presentation of the truth of the gospel. Why we do what we do here because of how much he loves us. 
that he loved us so much that he stretched his arms out on a cross over 2,000 years ago to become, just as John the Baptist declared, so that he could become the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that's exactly what he did. And his forgiveness and his love is being poured out, is being offered even right now in this moment. To whoever would want to receive it. With your eyes closed, And it's just, it's just me looking. And the reason I do this is because, is because this is a, it's a personal decision and, and it's a public decision at the same time. I'll try to explain. My relationship with Jesus is my own relationship. It's very personal to me. But at the same time, my personal relationship with Jesus brings me into a family. A family that Jesus himself created. We call it the body of Christ. It's it's the church. And it's not just this building. It's not just this group. It is global. And it includes people that have believed in Jesus that have died and already have gone into heaven. It's countless numbers. My relationship with Jesus is personal and it's, and it's public all at the same time. It's amazing. So here we are in this, in this family setting, in this group setting, addressing the personal aspect of this right now in this moment with your eyes closed there are probably some in here that are ready to accept Jesus as their Savior. And if that's you, I just want you to slip up your, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Are there any others? Four. You've been feeling a tug on your heart and your mind. You probably were feeling this even before you walked into this place today. Anyone else? So there's four here today that are ready to pray this prayer, but I want to invite all of the rest of us. I'm going to assume then that the rest of us have already prayed this prayer in a very personal way at some point in in your life. But I want to invite all of us to say this prayer as we come along these four who are making a very personal decision to accept Jesus. And by doing that, they're joining our family. So I want to ask us all, would you repeat after me, dear Jesus, 
thank you for your love. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. I know you did this a long time ago. But your gift is offered to me today. I am a sinner. And I need a savior. And you are the only one who can do it. You want me to spend eternity in heaven with you. So you came to this earth, lived a perfect life, and died on a cross, paying for my sin in full. I accept your gift today. I'm asking for your forgiveness. Change my life. Cleanse me. Make me new. I am yours. And you are mine. I agree to your plan. Your plan for life. So become my Lord. The rest of my days belong to you. I want your will in my life. Your good and pleasing and perfect will. Thank you for saving me, forgiving me, and changing me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to know there is a huge celebration happening in heaven right now, and I think we should join in that. So I'm going to talk to the four, but I'm talking to all of us. This is really just a beginning point. It's a journey. This is not a sprint. We did not sprint to the finish line. We actually just left the starting line. And there's more that the Lord wants to accomplish in our lives. It's a growth journey. I'm hoping that you will strongly consider baptism as soon as possible. In fact, I'm, I'm talking to everybody in this room about that. If, if that has not been something that you have done in your life, it is a crucial step in our, in our faith journey. And it's, that, and it's a very public one. At least it's a very public one here. It is... Um, an opportunity for a very public statement, a very public declaration. It's sort of like drawing the line in the sand and you're saying, this is who I am now. 
It's, it's how believers from day one of believing in Jesus for salvation, it's how they made their public declaration of that private faith that has been born in them. And again, it doesn't matter what your age is. If, if you're ready for that step, that needs to be something that we do as soon as possible. And, and um, I'd like to see that happen within the next couple of weeks. So if you're interested in becoming baptized, I want you to call the church office. Text me, email me, whatever. And let's get ourselves moving in that direction. And we'll just, it'll happen right here on a Sunday morning, right during our worship time. It is, it's fun. It is a celebration. It's, it's exciting because, because we all get to participate because we're family. We're family with, that has, there's one head to this family. Believe me, it is not me. <laughs> it is Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That's why we continue to honor him. We continue to fix our eyes on him. We continue to seek his face. And we continue to seek his, his will. He has a, a plan for your life. Saying yes to him, just it, it, it gets you on that pathway. Into his word and continue to participate in family activities. Continue to come together with us. Commune with him, follow him, and become the people that he's created us to be. How fun it is to do life together. Wow, God is good, isn't he? I suppose we'll get into 1 Samuel 16 next week. How about, how's that? And we will uh, continue with that. But man, okay. It, it's fun to follow the Holy Spirit. I just, I only want to be where he is. I only want to be up to his business. And, and very clearly he had a plan this morning. Well, I have no idea what time it is. But I, I, I suppose, is there, can, can we get the, worship team back up here and, and sing um, um, I'm amazed by you can we just let's stand together